thanks for choosing the Looms and Me podcast. I'm Looms, and if you're anything like me, then you're probably doing a pretty passable job of adulting. So I hope this series helps you as much as it's helping me. We are all about growth and realistic self-betterment, both in our personal and professional lives. There's something new every single week, so if you like this episode, then head to looms.me for more. This week, I wanted to talk about dating at work. Not so much dating in the romantic sense, but more exploring the idea of compatibility when it comes to our professional lives. Uh, To be fair, a lot of these principles that I'm about to talk to you about today could be applied to our personal lives as well, now that I think about it, but we'll cover that in a later episode. So as I'm recording this today, we are all staring down the barrel of an incoming and highly anticipated or highly dreaded Valentine's Day. Now, regardless of which end of that spectrum you sit in, I still really do feel like these type of holidays, was well, not really a holiday because we still have to go to work, but these type of days or markings in our calendar can still serve as good reminders for us to take the time to reflect. And so with Valentine's Day being so focused on relationships, I thought, why don't we apply some relationship <laughs> principles to our professional lives? So that's what we're going to explore today. In the first hour of the first day of my current job, I was asked by what I can only assume was a well-meaning colleague, uh, a question that made my imposter syndrome just bloom. And it was, um, he asked me, what do you want your next role here to be? Bearing in mind, I just started. And honestly, I've never really been one to have a long-term vision or path or plan for my career. I've I've sort of just YOLO'd my way through saying yes to whatever sounded interesting and seeing where that takes me. And so far it's worked really well, actually. It's worked really well for me professionally. I apply much of the same approach to my dating life. That's not, that doesn't work as well. But professionally, that approach has worked and it's landed me at this, you know, big fancy company that I've been desperate to work for for many years, um, mostly because of how amazing it looked and how I thought I would feel if I could say that I worked there. But what I didn't realize at the time was just how important a role company culture plays in your happiness and your joy and your success. And this is why the question that my colleague asked and the timing of the question was such such a such a big insight into the company culture that I was stepping into. And it made me realize that looks really are nothing without compatibility. See what I did there? Compatibility, Valentine's Day, dating, it's all coming together, right? Stay with me. So for me, compatibility really affects how well I'm able to connect to other people's visions, ideas, thoughts, mission, purpose, but it might mean something different for you. So that's something to consider. And if we're honest, we never really stop dating, right? When it comes to our professional life or even life in general, we often want to and often need to connect with others because there'll be times that come up like when you're looking for a flatmate or if you're applying for a credit card or you're making a new friend as an adult or you're trying to get your favorite coffee shop to greet you by name when you walk in or you're applying for a job or when you're actually dating Every single one of us, regardless of our social standing, is constantly dating. And so much of adulting requires 
making these type of connections with other people. And work is a really is a prime example of this type of or need to make a connection, considering how much of our lives we actually spend there. With that in mind, here are um, just some thought starters, things to get you started, um, ideas and questions that I've gathered along the way that I've, I found really helpful. Um, so hopefully you might find them helpful too, to help evaluate the compatibility of a choice that you're about to make. But specifically for this use case, your professional choices. As we said before, a lot of these could also be used to evaluate your personal choices too, but in the interest of keeping on theme, <laughs> on a theme that you did not ask for, but I'm giving you anyway, uh, we're going to run through some of what the, some of these thought starters, uh, see what you make of them. So the first one is, what do you care most about in the world after your loved ones? The reason why I like this question is because obviously we care for our loved ones and the family that we're given or the family that we choose, we care a lot for them. But once you start looking beyond, beyond that and you start to really, I feel like that forces you to really have to look inwards to think about, okay, well, what is it that drives me? And usually the answer to that question will give you some sort of indication of what it is that gives you that that strength, what it is that actually drives you. Having a really, really good understanding of that will help determine whether or not the choice you're about to make is the right choice for you. So that was number one. And bearing in mind, these are in no particular order. You can decide the order of importance depending on what resonates the most with you. Another question is, who are you at work? versus who you are at play and what side of your personality gets brought out in each situation. And this matters so much because oftentimes you'll see a meme or something that says, live your truth or be who you are. <laughs> I don't know why I'm making that voice. <laughs> that's how I hear all memes. That's, that's the voice that I hear whenever I see a meme. But uh, it's when you hear, when you see those type of quotes or you're told or given that type of advice, what that actually means on a practical level is for you to be yourself, right? Another useless piece of information, be yourself. What does that actually mean? How do I actually start doing that? A good place to start is to think about the quotation marks yourself at work and the yourself, quotation marks again, at play. And what, of those two sides of yourself, do they? which one feels the most authentic and or can you borrow from one to put into the other and vice versa? Can you flex between the two? Are you comfortable flexing between the two? If you're not, or if the, the delta between who you are at work and who you are at play is too big, that might be something for you to think about whether or not that's sustainable for you moving forward. The next one is, uh, what skills are you using the most to do your job well? And how do they differ from the skills you need outside of work to practically run your personal life? And this is a play on the previous one as well. This is another really great way of getting really practical with that be yourself advice. If you find that at work you have to be or you're, you need to be super organized or really, really pedantic in order to do a good job, pedantic that's not so much of a positive word if you're having to be you know really detail orientated let's put it that way at work but in your personal life you're not 
there's nothing wrong with that, but is that a skill that you enjoy flexing? And same with the skills that you have outside of work as well. If you are not able to sort of borrow from one to fuel the other, then it sort of indicates that you might be working on two completely different levels or playing fields of your own personality and your own strengths and or your strengths and your weaknesses working for each other or against each other you know it it's a it's another really good evaluation tool and these don't need to necessarily be like a answer one question after the other these are again they're kind of linked together but it's a way of getting practical when it comes to thinking about the way in which your current situation is set up. And when you think about the skills that you flex at work versus the skills that you flex outside of work, that also ties into the energy that you're having to use to flex those skills, right? So where do you get your energy from? Where's that energy coming from? Do you Are you energized by people or are you energized by silence? Do you need that stillness to recharge or do you need to constantly have something going on in order to keep you you know, energized, whether or not you're able to flex skills that come naturally to you in your professional situation will determine how much energy you have at the end of the day. So another thing for you to consider that, and I found that that's helped me a lot. I'll give you an example of in, in my case, at work, I have to be, because I have a, uh, a sort of sales role in a, in a sense, it's internal sales, but it's still a very much a sort of having to sell people on ideas and sell people on processes and things like that. So at work, I have to be very social and I have to be build relationships really easily and I have to be comfortable talking to people that I don't really know that well. And in my personal life, I can be quite introverted. In fact, I get a lot of my energy or the majority of my energy I get from just being still and alone. And so those two are obviously can be polar opposites or in my case, it's very much a polar opposite state of mind. But where I know that it's sustainable is, is because I recognize where my energy comes from. And so I'm able to recharge. I'm able to protect my time and my space to make sure I get the stillness I need in order to recharge and my friends will be listening to this going well you're always spending time with us yes but it's all about making sure that there is still some protected time if you don't know where you get your energy from then you will accidentally keep running out of energy and be in this weird burnout loop where and not really know how to get out of it hopefully that helps you too because it really really helped me and how speaking of friends actually how would your colleagues describe you and how would that differ from how your friends would describe you and this is a really interesting one because it again will help you pinpoint the you or quotation quote quote unquote (laughs) I've been saying quotation marks it's actually quote unquote quote unquote who you are and the yourself at work and the yourself at play. And finally, what does success look like for you? What does it mean to be successful? What is your definition of success? And we could go into a whole thing about how 
society defines success and how that isn't necessarily or isn't at all accurate for anyone who doesn't fit a certain demographic. So it's so important that we each, each and every single one of us has our own individual definition of what success is. And yes, this kind of goes against how corporations and companies measure success when they measure people against each other. But a company doesn't have the power to tell you who you are. And so if you want to opt out of a top-down success metric because it doesn't fit in with who you are and what you're trying to do, you you can do that. These are all choices that we can make. And so have, having a think about what success means to you and exactly what that looks like and, and you know, what that would feel like and how you know, how will you know that you are, that you are successful? What, what, what are the parameters for that? Understanding that, seeing that, knowing that will put everything else into perspective for you, especially when other people are trying to tell you what success should mean to you based on their own arbitrary definitions. Yeah. And uh, remembering that, we always have a choice. We always have a choice in every single thing that we do and every single uh, thought that we have and, and in the way in which we present ourselves to the world and the way in which we think about ourselves. They're all choices that we are able to make. And so knowing if something is right for you requires, at the very least, a base level understanding of who you are. And these questions hopefully will help you start to think about, if you haven't already, start to think about who you are (laughs) and how you can define who you are. Not necessarily for anyone else, but just for yourself, just, you know, just for you to have a blueprint that, or north an internal North Star that you can follow and that will set the benchmark for anything else that comes your way. And so, hopefully they helped you. They really helped me as well. I'll include them in the show notes as well. So you can have a a really quick, easy list that you can approach. And finally, the more importantly than anything else that I've said today, it's so crucial that whether you use these questions or not, or if you have your own questions, that's fine. But the most important and the most crucial element of trying to determine or better understand yourself to do that in a really non-judgmental way it's all about gentle self-reflection and this sort of putting a judgment on the reflections that you're having will put your mind into a really defensive place and that's there's no growth that can come when you're being defensive that's not no one's ever gotten better by being told that they're silly or that they're stupid or that you know they're wrong that's just not how people and humans operate that's not how people grow so as you're taking the time to reflect and you're thinking about the answers to these questions try to do them or try to think of those them in a or answer them in a really non-judgmental way just be super factual about what you're saying about yourself and remember that gentle self-reflection without any sort of judgment whatsoever is not something that we can really start doing overnight. It's a, it's a lifelong journey. So as you're reflecting, if you find that you are judging yourself, 
be gentle with yourself, right? Just just try to catch it. Try to hear the judgment in your voice and try to correct it and bring it right back. We're here for growth and not shame. Definitely not shame. Only growth. All right, that's enough of that. You're a legend for listening. If you made it this far and you want even more, then head to the link in the show notes. Join the mailing list at looms.me and you'll be rewarded with weekly treats. It's totally free. You'd be mad not to. So until we meet again, thank you so much.